Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. The Democrats have damaged the democracy in our country by dividing the electorate, dividing the country, and damaging the concept of we the people. And when I say that, I'm talking in principle or principally about President Barack Obama. Now, President Obama had a few things that he was really good at, but one of the things that he wasn't great at was bringing the country together. Everybody wants to criticize President Trump and say that he doesn't bring the country together. But it's not that President Trump is bad at doing that. In my opinion, I would say he's rallied everybody around America first, America first, America first. So what's really happened here is he's fixing the damage done by Barack Obama. Now, when President Obama was in office, he spent so much of his time dividing America, rich versus poor, black versus white, you versus me. We saw it over and over and over. And if you're thinking, oh, that's not fair, Rich. Now you're reaching. This is an overstep. No, listen. Every word that comes out of his mouth, Michelle Obama's mouth, AOC's mouth, even Chuck Schumer's mouth, they're extremely divisive. They're always focused on some sort of inequity. They never focus on doing good for doing good's sake. It's always, here's what's wrong this one versus that one, rich versus poor, gay versus straight. I mean, you name it, they will try to pit people against one another. They do it all the time. This is one of the fundamental tenets of Marxism. The proletariat and the bourgeoisie is how Marx put it. But the idea is to separate people, splintering people into groups. So you can feel this one, that one, that one, this one, etc. We never had this issue that we see today. Oh, the partisan divide. There's always been a partisan divide. That's why we have parties. Now, is it deeper now than it's been? Perhaps. I would probably say I think it probably is. But the real issue here is why? How did we get so divided? Did it just happen the day that Trump walked in? Because everybody was saying that since Trump walked in. Ultimately, I think the the real blame here rests with President Obama, the black versus white, the rich versus poor, and the police versus black men. This is where I think he really, really did the most damage. This is why officers were in, five officers were shot dead in Dallas, because he interjected into the national conversation this divisiveness, divisiveness. I like it better the second way. So people say, oh, but Trump did. 
all that you hear about Trump, 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 Trump's not the one that's out there shooting people. And it wasn't Obama that was shooting these people. But we didn't have this problem with the police. We don't have QAnon people going nuts. Yeah, you might find someone with a couple of guns, but they're not shooting people. So I'm not defending their actions. I'm just saying you haven't found Trump supporters going off the deep end murdering people. Now you want to bring up the bomber guy or whatever. Go ahead. Uh, That's fair game. You're going to find a bad apple every now and again. But by and large, I think BLM is a creation of Barack Obama. This is not one guy with a with a pipe bomb mailing letters to CNN. This is millions of people raising billions of dollars to really damage America. I want to go back, I don't know, maybe five or six years, 2016, to one of the many, many speeches that Barack Obama gave since there's a cater of Marines walking through here. And I just want to salute them. That was really great. Back to the story. So the story I was telling, Obama gave a litany of these speeches. This one in response to the killing of Philando Castile. He was armed, went for the gun, was killed by the police. Somehow this was wrong. I've always known, they like to call it the talk, but I've always known growing up with brothers that were cops, you really, growing up with anybody, if you've ever held a gun, you're good, you, you should learn some gun safety. Typically, the guy that sells you the gun, if you go for a gun safety course, NRA training, whatever it is, you never play with, the gun's not a toy. You don't play cops and robbers with guns. You don't point them at people. I think most responsible people know that. So if you're a licensed gun owner with a concealed carry permit, open carry permit, whatever it is, don't you think it's a good idea to not go for your gun? If you're having an interaction with the police who may think you're trying to shoot and kill them, I do, because that's what's going to happen. And I'm not trying to make light of anything. I'm trying to be real matter of fact to really oversimplify a situation so that we can get down to the core of it. There's only two people in in a interaction with the police that have the right to use lethal force if they feel that they're they're being uh, their life is threatened. And, and typically, it's usually going to be the cop. Right. Not you, because, of course, you have a right to defend yourself. But typically the cops are not coming to get you. They're not coming to hurt you is what I'm trying to say. But all that being said, I want you to listen to President Obama uh, giving these remarks and listen to the unity in his voice. We have seen tragedies like this too many times. All of us as Americans should be troubled by these shootings because these are not isolated incidents. They're symptomatic of a broader set. He's already painting the picture that this is something that is not just this guy that got into a thing with the police. This is something where black men are dying. It's like it's like coronavirus and the disease is called the police. And that's a bunch of BS. Because of the color of their skin, they are not being treated the same. And that hurts. And that should trouble all of us. Now, interestingly, back then, people didn't say, oh, you're brown and you're lying the way they tell Trump. You're orange and you're a liar. You're wrong. You're this and you're that. The liar in chief. People critiqued him for sure. But the media laid down cover. All they did was lay down cover, letting people know This is exactly 
what is okay in America. It's okay to say that the cops are murdering people because of the color of their skin, and it's not okay for Trump to ever offer any criticism, but it's always okay for Obama to offer that criticism. That is a huge problem. You tell me, how do we solve a problem like this? Well, I think one of the things we have to do is educate people. We have to let people know Barack Obama was an expert orator. I think very few dispute that. However, some will say, ah, he wasn't any good unless he had his uh, teleprompter. All right. Granted, I've seen a couple of teleprompter fails, and he sounds like me when people walk into the studio while I'm talking, and it throws me off. So I I can understand how that works. But by and large, he was a good speaker. But what he was even better at was being a demagogue. Probably one of the, not probably, in my opinion, the best that I've seen in my lifetime. I haven't seen anybody else pit people against one another, get people to embrace hate like Obama did. Obama made it cool to hate the other side. Obama made it cool for everybody to hate one another. And that has only blown up. Now, I know people want to say, oh, love Trump's hate, and they want to blame Trump for this. But guess what? I've been watching politics a lot longer, and it's my opinion that it was Obama that ushered this in. He made it really clear that it was okay to have this stronghold where you don't let go of things that divide people. And I challenge you, go listen to 90% of his speeches. He's not talking about a united America. Now, the big difference between him and Joe Biden, and I just want to make this point, is that Joe Biden and Barack Obama are very different, and that's why he picked Biden as his running mate. He was the demagogue-in-chief. Biden is one of the best retail politicians you can find. He smiles in your face. He kisses the babies. He sniffs your wife. He sniffs your niece. He's sniffing everybody. Big, big smile across his face. He's creepy Uncle Joe. And that's a quality you need as a politician. Not the sniffing, but the likability factor. But I'm not done yet, so keep it locked right there. You're listening to This is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, and we're talking about politics, retail politicians, and demagogues. And Joe Biden, like I said, is one of the best retail politicians out there. Now, what happens with Biden is that he knows what to say. He's the opposite of a demagogue, right? These demagogues are people that are saying very mean, divisive things. And what ends up happening is they're interjecting their divisive rhetoric and trying to make. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. The worst of what could be a good situation. So, the exact opposite is Biden. Biden comes in, what is it that you don't like? Oh, no problem. I don't like it either. Fracking? Hate fracking. You like fracking? I love fracking. (laughs) You know, hairy legs? I love hairy legs. Don't kill him. Shoot him in the leg. That's Biden. He, He goes with the flow however you want. That's not Barack Obama. So now, good old retail politician Joe, he says that we need to just stop 
it's time for us to give up. I want you to hear what he had to say yesterday in Delaware. Check this out. This is a crisis that affects everyone. As I've said throughout this campaign, I will be a president for every American. This election is over. It's time to put aside the partisanship and the rhetoric that designed to demonize one another. It's time to end the politicization of basic, responsible public health steps like mask wearing and social distancing. Now, good old Biden, as the president aptly pointed out, he wears the biggest mask he can find wherever he can do it. Now, of course, many supporters are no longer wearing those masks in different places. I'm actually I'm looking out the window right now. We're in midtown Manhattan. I'm looking through the window. I see cabs running through the streets and I'm looking at one, two, three out of six people. Four of them are not wearing masks. Now they're outside. And you know what I say? Kudos to them. But I do believe that's because the politicization that he's talking about is with respect to what the Democrats have done in many ways. I don't think Trump politicized mask wearing. He just said, I'm not wearing one and nobody should be forced to. And that's fine. And you should wear one if if you need to and follow the rules. And I really do think that is the way to look at things. You know, I I often make this comparison on my podcast. This is America with Rich Valdez, which quick plug, by the way, is currently right now, as of today, on the top 200 Apple politics charts. So one of the top 200 most listened to podcasts on the Apple platform and That's actually happening in four different countries, which I thought was pretty cool. We're uh, number 163, I believe, in the United States. We're also on in Japan, in the Netherlands. Last week, we were charting in the top 200 in Switzerland and another country which is escaping me. But I thought that was really cool because we can't do that without you guys. It's pretty cool to chart in a different country. I've never even been to Japan. But Joe Biden, he makes this mask mandate rhetoric. Then Trump makes his case. And oftentimes, the example that I make on the podcast is this. We don't not kill people because we'll go to jail. The majority of people don't kill people because it's wrong to do. It's morally bad. It's just not what we should do. Now, of course, there are some people that would say, I would totally kill someone if it weren't illegal. And I understand sometimes that's um, rhetorical. It could be hyperbolic. But... By and large, I think people don't do bad things because they're bad, not because they'll get in trouble. Now, that doesn't mean that there are the, there aren't a group of people like with respect to stop signs. You know, we stop at stop signs because you want to be safe at an intersection. You don't want to, you know, plus it, you don't want to get a ticket. So things are reinforced by consequences. I'm not naive and I'm not denying that. And I think the same way, mask wearing. Most people wear masks because I believe they're told to and they don't want to be in trouble and they want to try to do what's right. But there are a group of people that are wearing masks because they feel like they're they're wearing a mask is somehow saving someone else's life. And that's good for them. I definitely am, am the immoral person in that scenario. I am wearing the mask because I am forced to wear the mask because I do not want to get in trouble or put my employer in jeopardy or do anything like that. I'm doing it because that's what we're supposed to do. All that being said, that's Joe Biden saying, it's time to move on, hairy legs, whatever. Now, the Trump campaign and and even White House spokesperson, Kayleigh McEnany, fired back at Joe Biden and had this to say. Check this out. The is not over. Far from it. 
We have only begun the process of obtaining an accurate, honest vote count. We are fighting for the rights of all Americans who want to have faith and confidence, not only in this election, but in the many elections to come. So there you have it. She's saying the rest is yet to come. Now, the reality here is you can say, you know what? You're full of it, lady. You can say that. You have the right to say that. But we do have to certify Electoral College votes on December 14th. That's just a thing. Today is November 10th. There's literally a month to go, a month and a couple of days. So for everybody that's like, oh, you know, Biden, somebody's saying the Biden campaign is considering uh, legal action to advance the transition of power. I think any judge in their right mind, if they bring a suit, is going to say, excuse me, sir, there's pending litigation. Wait. You just have to wait. What's a month? But keep it locked right there. You're listening to This is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. And it's the first day of the Supreme Court hearing arguments in the Obamacare challenge. Because on its face, the media likes to say, oh, Trump's taking away your health care. Coney Barrett's taking away your health care. First of all, quick show of hands. I don't know how many people have it, but honestly, and it, it could be that I live in a bubble. I really don't meet many people that have Obamacare. And I'm going to tell you why I don't, because I don't like them. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not why at all. The real reason is because Obamacare was farcical in many ways. You can keep your doctor. You can do this. You're going to save money. All of it turned out to be fake, phony fraud, like the late, great Bob Grant would say. So if it costs more money, the premium is higher. The coverage is less. The, the main thing that they liked about ACA was that in the past, if you had cancer, diabetes, whatever, one of these pre-existing conditions, certain very douchey healthcare companies would either charge you a higher premium or just deny you and say, sorry, pre-existing condition, you, you're, you're pregnant, we can't take you until you have the kid. And that was a real thing that happened. So they added that into the ACA. And that was probably one of the things that most people liked was, uh, in theory, the idea that if you were sick, you could still get health insurance and nobody would exclude you, which sounds fair, especially when you have people out there like Bernie Sanders and others saying, health care is a right. So when you have that, of course, you're like, hey, you know what? That makes some sense. It appeals to the non-political person. Understood. I get it. I don't always agree, but I get it. Now, What they've fought, the first part that they got removed was the, if you don't sign up for health insurance, we were forced to do that. So for many years, many people, healthy people like me, I don't even like having health insurance. It's, I haven't needed it. I'm 42 and I haven't needed it in a really long time. Now, probably in the years coming, I'm going to need it more than I needed it from 23 through 33, let's say. But the bottom line I'm making is it really should be your choice. It should be your choice what you want to do, and you shouldn't have to pay a fine to the IRS. And we have John Roberts to thank for that, and that's what they initially removed when President Trump came into office was what they called the individual mandate, that you were mandated to have this, if not be taxed or fined. Okay. So now they're going to look at the rest of the law and whether it's constitutional or not, and that's going to play out that way. 
But it's not people taking away their health care. Pretty much most people are getting health care wherever they're getting it. They're going to keep getting it. And by and large, because of the free market, people who have pre-existing conditions now know that's that's how it works. And they're going to have that's already factored in. It's baked in, as the bakers would say. So we're going to keep an eye on that. But I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about until it actually gets out of the Supreme Court and we can figure out. All right. Well, here's the new deal with that. Now, with respect to the other stuff that's going on, Mitch McConnell's been unanimously reelected as Senate Majority Leader. And Nancy Pelosi is facing a little bit of static with uh, becoming Speaker again. The problem I think that she faces there is that her competitors would likely be in, in her same age group. And there's it doesn't help Biden to have this divided uh, house amongst Democrats. So it's going to be interesting. I can't predict this one. I I don't predict many things anyway. I'm not even good at predictions. I said Trump would win with 330 electoral votes. I'm not wrong on that yet, but so far my prediction was not right. Um, Unless the cheating affected it, then I'm totally taking victory for that. You bet. I'm taking three victory laps on that one. Bottom line here is I think we see a victory for Trump coming really soon. And that's it for today. Like I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to just sit there and do nothing. And that's Sir Edmund Burke. So it's time for you to stand up to rise up. America needs you now more than she's ever needed you. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 